the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord. What do you think of when you hear that phrase? Pope Francis, a couple of years ago, asked that on this third Sunday in Ordinary Time that we would celebrate it, especially in honor of the Word of God. When you hear the phrase Word of God, I think a lot of people would probably think of well, the Bible, the, the sacred scripture. That's the Word of, of God, the, the printed page. But notice from our first reading that uh, a book or something written can't be what is intended by the phrase Word of God. The, the Word of God comes to Jonah saying, set out for the great city of Nineveh. So this is a, a message that is communicated directly from God to Jonah in some means other than written and, and not by some messenger, apparently. It's almost like those dreams that uh, Joseph, the father of Jesus, had where, you know, an angel came to Joseph in a dream and says, you know, take Mary, your wife, or go to Egypt. And we know that various saints have received communication from God like this. So the, the word of God is much more than simply written. Where is the first time that we hear in the scriptures about the word of God? When do we first see God speaking and communicating his word? Well, we go right to the, the very first page, the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, etc., etc., God said, let there be light. This is the first place where the word of God shows up. It's in the act of creation itself. Notice then that the word of God is powerful. When God speaks, things happen. Let there be light, and there was light. So this is much more than simply communication or a writing, whether written or oral. The word of God, as it first appears, is the actual very power of God. God's own creative ability. All that is expressed in what is meant by word of God. St. John in his gospel tells us that in the beginning was the word. So the word is God. As John says, the word was with God and the word was God. And of course, we know that this word then became incarnate, became one of us in, in Jesus and entered the world. But in the beginning was the word. So this word then that comes to Jonah, we should expect when we hear that phrase then that God's power came to Jonah. <clears throat> now, that's interesting because Jonah, as a prophet, we, uh, we think of the word prophet, and I think sometimes we think of, well, a prophet is someone who foretells the future. Well, not exactly. A prophet, in, in the actual word in the Greek, it means to speak on behalf of. So Jonah is someone who speaks on behalf of God. So he takes God's word, that dynamic, powerful force, and he speaks it on behalf of God. So we should expect that when a prophet like Jonah speaks the word of God, it is powerful. Things will happen. Now, Jonah is not actually a very good example of a prophet. He's, as you might remember, somewhat reluctant. In fact, God says, go to Nineveh, and Jonah heads the other way. 
literally the opposite direction. So God has to send a big fish, a whale, to swallow him and spit him up on the shore of Nineveh and says, okay, now you're going to do it? They're like, all right. The problem is God is sending Jonah to the city of Nineveh in hopes that they might be converted. And Jonah does not want this. He is a reluctant prophet. In fact, he doesn't agree with God's plan. That's why he's going the other way. Because Jonah hates Nineveh. These are not good people. He doesn't like them. They're full of sin and ugliness, and Jonah doesn't want them to be saved. So when God sends Jonah to Nineveh to say, 40 days more and Nineveh will be destroyed, Jonah actually likes that message. He's hoping that's what will happen. But something amazing happens. God's powerful word reaches even to the hearts of these very sinful Ninevites. So they, they hear this word of Jonah, which is the word of the Lord, that they're going to be destroyed and things happen. God's power breaks through, even through the very unworthy servant, Jonah. God's word is powerful. And so the people of Nineveh believe God. The powerful word of God converts their hearts and they sit in sackcloth and ashes. They proclaim a fast from the king all the way down. This is what actually God wanted, and so he relents of the punishment. But Jonah, the rest of the story that's not in the reading today, he's mad. He's like, God, this is what I thought would happen. I wanted you to wipe these people out, and now look what you did. They converted, and now they're all nice and want to be holy. I didn't want that. I wanted them dead. And so Jonah goes and laments. Not a very good prophet. So maybe the lesson we can take from that is that God's word is so powerful that even if an unworthy person wields it, God's word works because it's his word. It's God's word, not even the prophets. It said then that this word, this powerful word of God became incarnate in Jesus. Now this power is walking around on the earth as one of us. So we see in our gospel today what it looks like when the word of God powerfully speaks. Jesus comes and he sees Simon and Andrew, and he says to them, come after me. I will make you fishers of men. Now they are free to choose, but notice the power of the word. Whatever it is in this word, they hear Jesus, the word of God, speak, come and they leave everything on the spot and they follow him. That's power. There is something powerful about the word and call of Jesus that causes them to say, I got to follow him. The same way with James and John. They're out in a boat with their father. And when Jesus says, come, follow me, they leave even their father and the hired men in the boat and immediately they go. That's, that's really close to let there be light and there is. Simon, Andrew, James, John, follow me, and they do. That's power. Now, that means that when we encounter the Word of God, we too should encounter not something dead on a page, but as the Scriptures themselves tell us, that the Word of God is living, it's alive, and it's effective. It brings things about. Things happen. That's what it means to say the Word of God is living and effective. It makes stuff happen. Is that the case 
when you encounter the Word of God? Do things happen? Does your life change? I want to look at two ways we receive the Word of God. One is, of course, the Scripture, the sacred text, the sacropogenia, the holy page, as it's been called. How much time do we spend encountering God, that living and effective God, in his written word? Now, in the beginning of the, the preaching of the apostles, there was nothing written. So God didn't leave us a book. So we would, we would be mistaken to think that, well, when we hear word of God, that we would think of a, a, a book. We shouldn't think of a book when we hear the phrase word of God. But some of the powerful prophetic speaking of the word of God has been written down. Some of it, the the very words of our Lord Jesus. We should pour over those words with great love. We should hear Jesus speak those words to us. Sean, come, follow me. Mary, be my disciple, follow me. You should be able to hear Jesus say to you as you read these words, follow me, and that word should be powerful in you. Something should happen when we read the word of God even just in its written form in the scripture, because as the Second Vatican Council teaches us, the Holy Spirit is the author of all scripture. God uses real human authors, it's true, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul. But the Holy Spirit is the primary author of all scripture. So when we read these words, it's not like reading some some dead book. The Holy Spirit is with us, and that power of God is present even in the written word, such that we know that whatever the sacred author, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, whoever, whatever they put down, whatever they intended to communicate, because the Holy Spirit is the author, they have put forth without error. They do not make a mistake. They communicate what God wants to communicate to us. That's powerful. I pray that this year we would take some time to immerse ourselves in the sacred scriptures, the sacred page. How much do we love our Bible? You know, sometimes we as Catholics will, you know, almost feel like we're kind of second best to our Protestant brothers and sisters who seem to have a a great love of the scripture. How many times do you encounter one of your Protestant friends and they can quote you a chapter and a verse in the the Bible and we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm Catholic. I don't know that stuff, you know. Well, let's not let that be the case. I mean, the truth is we know a lot of scripture. We read it all the time at mass, but let's read it outside mass. Let's take at least 15 minutes every day to look at the scripture. As one of my professors in seminary said, if you go to bed without your your eyes looking at the sacred text at least once during the day, don't go to bed yet. Pick up your Bible and read something because you're like, ah, it's just, it's just reading. No, it's the active power of God if you let it work. So there's the the written text. But then, as we all know, God didn't leave us just a a book, even a a sacred book like the Bible, because we we need more than just the book. We, We need the active, living, interpretive power of God. What do these words mean? What what does it mean when Jesus says this stuff? Well, for that, Jesus left us not the book, but the church. And so we also encounter the active, powerful word of God in the teaching of the church. From Pope Francis, the successor of St. Peter, to the bishops in union with him, and and down to the priests and deacons when we preach the truth as it's handed on, something we call tradition with a big T, literally means to hand on. 
That is also the powerful word of God. That's what Jesus originally commissioned his apostles to do. He didn't say go out, you know, write, publish, write the Bible. He said go preach, teach. That's the the primary handing on the word of God. And, And some of it today is written down. But that is fixed. The scriptures are static. But the ongoing preaching of the apostles continues through the teaching of the Pope and the bishops in union with him. How much do we pay attention to that? How much do we desire to hear, thus says the Lord, through the teaching of the church? And I don't mean one individual bishop or even one individual pope. I mean the entire faithful teaching of the church handed on for 2,000 years that cannot be in error. Are we familiar with that? Do we love that? Are we in touch with the powerful word of God contained in the teaching authority of the church. And boy, does our world need that today. Someone to tell us, what does the Lord say in this situation? And what does the Bible mean in this situation? You can't do it without the power of God present today. God's word does stuff. I can't help but think that if the world isn't the way we want it to be, and we want God to to do something, God, why don't you do something? Well, Where does God do stuff? In the word of God. You are called to be a prophet by virtue of your baptism. That means you have been given the Holy Spirit in your baptism, and now you are called to proclaim this powerful word to the world. If the world is not yet converted, it's because there are not enough people preaching the real word of God. It's not Jonah who's powerful. He's an anti-prophet almost. It's the word that's powerful. So don't worry if you think you're unworthy. Who am I to go out and talk about God? I'll just kind of keep my faith private and, and not certainly bring it to bear on the world or politics or, you know, it's just personal. No, n- never in the history of the church has the word been a personal thing. Yes, we encounter it personally. We say, yes, I have seen the Lord. I've experienced his power. But then we have to go out and share it with everyone. And don't worry about how good you are about doing it or whether or not you think you know how to evangelize. Just go out and share it. And the word is powerful. God will work. So many times I I preach a, a homily or I say something to somebody. I'm like, well, that was a disaster. That didn't work at all. And someone will come up and say, that was exactly what I needed to hear. That was perfect. I'm like, wow, you know, praise God. That's that's his power, not, not mine. I'm just the, the instrument. Well, you too are called to be an instrument. God's word will do it, not you. God said, let there be light, and there was. God said, Nineveh, turn from your sin, and they did. God said, follow me, Peter. God said, follow me, John, and they did. That same God says to us today, your sins are forgiven. I absolve you, and they're gone. The same word that said, let there be earth, let there be matter, let there be stars, says over bread and wine, let these be my body and blood, and it is. Not a symbol, not not bread and wine anymore, but this is my body, and it is. This is my blood, and it is. That's powerful. If you go to your brother and sister in need and say, Jesus loves you, Jesus forgives you, I care about you, I invite you into his community, it happens. That's power. 
Brothers and sisters, the world today is so in need of the powerful encounter with the Word of God. Who will do it? Who will go? I pray that on this Word of God Sunday, we would make two commitments. One, love the sacred page. Read it. uh, Father Mike Schmitz of Ascension Press is doing The Bible in a Year. Number one podcast on Apple Podcasts. I mean, of all the podcasts, the political shows, the number one when it came out was a priest going through the Bible in a year. It's like number four today I saw. Download it. It's 20 minutes a day. Listen to it. Do something to fall in love with the sacred page. And then when you do that, find some way to go out and share it. Do what Jesus did. He says he proclaims the gospel, the good news of God. You go do that. And if we do that we will see a world powerfully transformed because there is power in the word of God.